Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, March 11th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The U.S. Congress approved Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus bill yesterday. Now, the Biden administration is moving its focus to infrastructure. And exactly one year ago, the World Health Organization declared the COVID-19 outbreak a pandemic. More than two and a half million people are so far known to have died from the virus, and governments are struggling to rebuild their economies. Still plausible that we will feel the economic consequences well into next year and almost certainly, in fact, 2023 and 2024 as well. The FT's Martin Wolf joins me for a look at how governments have been responding. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Now that Congress has passed Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus bill, the president is moving his focus to a multi-trillion dollar infrastructure package. It would overhaul creaking bridges, crumbling roads, and build broadband networks. Democrats want a bill with bipartisan support, unlike the stimulus bill, but to do that, they may have to make some compromises on issues like climate change and racial equity. The FT's U.S. politics and business correspondent Courtney Weaver is covering the president's efforts. So right now, he's been talking to members of Congress. He's been talking to labor leaders. Um, he's trying to see where where kind of the areas of support are for something bipartisan. And it's kind of interesting hearing the kind of answers he's getting so far from the center and from the left. Uh, on the one hand, you have kind of moderate senators like Joe Manchin from West Virginia saying after the stimulus bill, which passed along party lines, you know, they really want something bipartisan. And on the other hand, you have progressives saying, you know, hey, we have control of the Senate, we have control of the House, we have control of the White House. Let's do something bigger. Let's do something that really tackles climate and, you know, all these other priorities that liberals have long had, even if it means we don't have any Republican support. Courtney Weaver is the FT's politics and business correspondent. One year ago today, the World Health Organization held a monumental press briefing. WHO has been assessing this outbreak around the clock and we're deeply concerned both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. That was the WHO's Director General, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus. He's, of course, talking about the coronavirus, something that, at the time, we still called novel. By March 11, 2020, a total of only 4,291 people were known to have died from COVID. Still, we have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. In the year that followed, economies have been upended as countries locked down to contain the virus. Unemployment has skyrocketed, and unprecedented amounts of fiscal and monetary stimulus poured into the global economy. Has all that spending worked? The FT's chief economics commentator, Martin Wolf, has written about the upheaval of the past year and joins me now. Hi, Martin. Thanks for joining us. It's a great pleasure. Let's get right to it. How well do you think central banks and governments have dealt with the economic impact of the pandemic? I think in terms of the economic side, they mostly did a pretty good job. Uh, at least the ones that had the room for maneuver that was needed. That's mainly the high-income countries and China. They were very generous. They spent very, very freely. Of course, the responses they made have some risks associated with them. 
they might in the end stimulate inflation. Uh, uh, there may be public debt problems, but I think they had to take those risks and they will prove to be worthwhile. But if you look at the countries that had room for fiscal maneuver, I think they did pretty well. When you look outside them to developing countries, there have clearly been some huge disasters. I mean, uh, the World Bank has estimated that anywhere between 100 million and 150 million people have been pushed back into absolute extreme poverty. And in Latin America, it's pretty clear that there may now be another lost decade. Nonetheless, and this is very important, the economic crisis has had very unequal impact upon uh, people. While the disease mostly affected the old, the people affected by the economic downturn were mostly the young, the less educated, women who had to bear the burden of childcare and homeschooling while still trying to work in a sort of rather quick relapse into age-old patterns, and of course, race. So Martin, we're now at this point, a bit of a transition period. There seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel, um, but we're not quite there yet. What can we start thinking about in terms of how we'll emerge from the crisis? Yeah, it does look as though there's light at the end of the tunnel, at least in the countries where the vaccine program is well underway. So the general expectation is very strong recoveries this year. To ensure that, we need to continue to protect our populations and we need to promote aggregate demand. We need stimulus programs. It's pretty clear that that is going to be there particularly in the US, with this very ambitious package that President Biden has put forward. But beyond that, we are going to need, I think, a new period of investment-led growth. Many countries have let their infrastructure lag behind for years. This was true in the UK, it was true in the US, true in Germany. We need to invest in that. And of course, there is a commitment in many developed countries to a sort of green energy transition. And that has to start right now. So again, we will need massive investment programs in the longer term and strong promotion of private investment too. And it's not clear that we've got that. Fortunately, there's now beginning to be a discussion of having special drawing rights in the IMF. Uh, and those can be lent to or better still given to developing countries, which would help them a great deal. And then we, of course, need to make the, the vaccine program global. At the moment, it's very much a developed country program. And there are a lot of emerging developing countries which are very much affected by the dis disease and will need vaccines too. So we are coming out of it, but it's still plausible that we will feel the economic consequences and the various other consequences of the disease well into next year and almost certainly, in fact, 2023 and 2024 as well. Martin, last year you, you wrote several pieces in the beginning stages of the pandemic. One of them dealt with the idea and the concept of citizenship. Um, do you see any sign of the societal rethink towards the concept of citizenship that you were advocating for a year ago? That's, I think, a really interesting question. I do feel that there are, at least at the moment, this may not last, some shifts in sensibility. I mean, I'm particularly struck, obviously, that the Biden presidency is 
a tremendous shift from the Trump presidency. And he's obviously also, as a veteran of the Obama administration, absolutely determined not to repeat what they regard as the mistakes made in the Obama presidency in the early period, not getting a sufficiently strong recovery. So what is notable is not only that they are agreeing a huge package, but it's strongly oriented to the poor. So that's an indication of a move towards citizenship. And I'm also very struck in the UK with uh, Mr. Sunak's uh, budget just last week that he's not repeating the sort of austerity of the Osborne period 10 years ago. This time, much of it is going to be an increase in taxes, and most of that will be borne by corporations, at least in principle. So that's, again, a real change. So I would say that in the developed world, at least, not so clear, and it's much more complex in the very diverse emerging and developing world. But in the developed countries in the West, I think the sensibility is we cannot repeat the sort of brutal austerity and trickle-down policies that were followed in the previous decade. And something has to be different. Martin Wolf is our chief economics commentator. Thank you, Martin. Pleasure. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA gives me exceptional care and helped me gain the best quality of life. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here.